I'm over here digging through your uh, candy cauldron and, um, in, in a sense, playing Russian roulette because some of that stuff is <laughs> a, um, a little on the aged side. Ancient beyond measure. Yeah. That Snickers tasted a little bit like dirt, I think, because the peanuts were going back to their home. Uh, yeah, uh, that tracks, actually. Um, yeah, uh, if you're familiar with um, with Yzma from the Emperor's New Groove, oh, right, yes. uh, I feel like some of that's just a touch older than she is. Yeah. The wrapper still looks so shiny. Um, so does her dress. Oh, indeed. <laughs> so, on our last episode, we talked about My Hero Academia, which was a rousing good time. Sure was. If you haven't listened to that, check it out. Yep, you absolutely should, because we kind of do this in chronological order, sort of. Uh, Hypothetically. In theory. Uh, but anyway, so, touching on Stain, uh, the anti-hero in that show, gave me the idea that I don't... I don't like if you want to learn about anti-heroes, you kind of got to do a lot of digging for yourself. Right. Whereas yeah. with your poster children and your golden boys, you can just sit around and wait. Superman. <laughs> <laughs> You'll hit something. Funny you mentioned that. We're gonna talk about him involving this uh, here shortly. Excellent. So, uh, but yeah, your your golden boys and your regular superheroes, they generally are just for forces of good for the sake of being good and it's the right thing and all that stuff. But what happens when you introduce a more human element right. into herodom? Right. So so last time we talked a little bit, as he said, about anti-heroes in the MHA episode. Um, and I think introducing that much more human element into the My Hero Academia universe would would create a really interesting story progression. I feel like it makes for a much richer story arc anytime you've got a good anti-hero planted in there yeah by definition you know an anti-hero is like they're still trying to do good they're just you know they're going about it not in that paragon of justice sort of way right clean and simple and trying to do everything the right way right it's because they're in in each of their own little way i feel like they're doing it for their own purpose mm -hmm. but they still want to do a modicum, at least, of good somewhere in there. Right. Like, the, uh... I mean, the Punishers out there, you know, straight up murdering people. Right. Um, but... The Punisher know. exists because he has, in his mind, literally nothing to lose. At least that's how his origin started. Right. Because his family was taken out. Right. I mean, you know, there... It, honestly, honestly, very much a revenge story turned, um, just crusade against bad people yeah just like he's got this he's got a lot of anger and resentment and for good reason sure and anybody who kind of fits into that um that uh, that 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 archetype that he hate that he hates mm -hmm. um their 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 days are numbered right i mean I, I don't think that i've seen a lot of him just bringing down heavy iron justice on people over purse snatching or anything like that, but he'll still, you know, club your nose pretty good. Right, yeah. Um. <laughs> and, okay, so, growing up, I didn't really think of Batman as anything but just a regular old hero. Mm -hmm. if, if you stop and think about it a little bit, he, he kind of walks the line a little um, between anti-hero and, and hero. Um, he's much more heroic when he's part of a team. Mm -hmm. Um... But uh, but Batman straight up will break your nose over a, a stolen purse. Indeed. 
and uh, <laughs> um, and that's how we wind up uh, losing so many robins. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, he, he crosses crosses that line, and uh, well, a little bit of uh, you know, time to go be Nightwing. Mm-hmm. Right, go be Nightwing, or or you know, find a different job or something. Right, right. Um, yeah. So like the Punisher, obviously, he's got a backstory, and he's doing. The, the the basic gist of this is that the ones that come to mind the most quickly for me had something taken from them very big. Right. So you've got Wade Wilson, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, arguably one of the most favorite anti heroes at the moment. Yep. Because he's, you know. And if, if you're if you're not if you're not familiar with the with, with his actual name, you can certainly be forgiven. Uh, better known as Deadpool. Right. The Merc with a mouth. Right. But yeah, no. And uh, Deadpool's so heavily favored, I feel like, because he brings such a ridiculous amount of comic relief along with him. Oh, yeah. And so uh, people, I think a lot of people relate to that. I mean, like I said, he's he's funny, um, but I think a lot of people also want to relate to Deadpool so much because, to some degree, they wish that they had that ability to... For lack of better verbiage, not give a fuck. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. So, uh... I see that a lot. I, I, in my theory, in you know, analyzing personalities and stuff, I feel like that's a lot of reason why he's a favorite of so many people. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. I mean, he's he's in a really good position, um, as you said. You know, there's he brings a lot of humor, mm-hmm. and oftentimes, like same same page in the comics, like you'll go from like. Just this really gory bloodbath scene to yeah. some like a dark brooding, you know, look of a of a panel to this fourth wall breaking nonsense. Riding a rainbow pooping unicorn. Yeah, slap you know slapstick one lining, and it's all and, and because he's a little bit you know on the on the you know cracked side, mm-hmm. he it's all it's all perfectly lore friendly. It's in character. Right. So it all flows so well, and just like you said, he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, a because he doesn't have to. Right, he can't be unalived. <laughs> right, I mean not for he, long anyway. No, I mean he's he's tried. Right. Um, uh, come back from like a single cell. Right. You know, there's just like uh, and just like with the Punisher, you know, there's it antiheroes so often touch on some like. Like the parts of us that really just want to come out and play, mm-hmm. but that's not super socially acceptable. Right, obviously, and uh, and that's and maybe even to lead into um, my favorite subject, the next one we'll jump into is just this. You see, and maybe it's a little bit on the edge lord type side, but you see this part of your personality being acted out in a way. I mean, it's it's a lot to really dive into on that, but. There's, there's a part of you that wishes you could, maybe not that you wish you could, but you can relate to because you can see some similarities between whether it be the character or what they're dealing with or what have you that closely relates to a similar subject in your life or maybe just an exaggerated version of that. Right. Um, but I, I was talking about Venom, uh, if anybody knows me. I'm a huge Venom fanboy. Um, I have I've seen been, the shirt. Yep, I've got a few of them. Uh, yeah, you do. One of them's literally falling apart. Eventually, I'll just have to frame it on my wall. My wife can turn it into a blanket. I'm, I'm in for that. We can talk about that. It's sweat-soaked. It's got holes in it. But it is literally one of my favorite t-shirts, and I got it at Walmart for like eight bucks like seven years ago. Nice. But, uh, so Venom, again, not to sound like an edgelord, but 
the character himself, uh, Flash Thompson uh, specifically, was just this normal. I mean, he was a jock, so he was kind of a dick. Right. Um, and yeah, parts of me, I, I can see myself in that. Uh, and then his unabashed hatred for his rival, uh, his human rival, just is so strong that when he comes into contact with the alien suit that is Venom, uh, manifests so much stronger because, A, that's part of the suit's, like, biology, right. is to enhance feelings and, and abilities that are already super strong. Uh, so his hatred for Peter Parker, uh, combined with the fact that the, the symbiote's first Earth host was Peter Parker. Right. Um, didn't, get, didn't go over so well. Right. So... And that's why, if anybody didn't know, uh, that's why Venom's powers are in ways similar to Spider-Man's because the host also takes, sorry, the symbiote also takes the stronger abilities with it in its own version of that uh, when it moves on to the next host. <clears throat> and I think, so just to really pick it apart, just that part, um, even uh, just regular people, even people that you maybe don't get along with or to take it a step further that you just really hate uh can have a bearing on who you are and the things you do later on right and and venom's such and venom's a really cool character in part because he's actually two characters well i mean at this point five or six um because there's there's venom the symbiote Mm -hmm. who who has you know thoughts going through his own head right and then you have the the various hosts um and then kind of who they become together. Right. Just like Flash Thompson and, and Peter Parker were very different. Um, there was a very different result from them wearing Venom. Oh, God, and Eddie Brock. I can't believe I skipped yeah. over Eddie Brock. Yeah, Jesus. and then Eddie Brock's a whole different story. Oh, absolutely. Um, and But honestly, kind of in my opinion, I, I feel like Brock might might be the best Venom Wrangler, uh, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and it's also kind of different from most other anti-heroes in the sense that like the Punisher, he's very much like uh, Liam Neeson and Taken. He has a, a, man, a man possessed. He has a very baby. specific set of skills. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, and that those skills are the means to the, to, to his end. Mm-hmm. Venom himself is the means to the end. Right. You know, it's um, without, without Venom, you know, Eddie, Peter, you know, whoever, whoever's got possession of the symbiote, they're not really doing a lot by themselves. Um, not as much, no. Yeah, I mean, Peter had powers before. Right. Yeah, I mean, Eddie could probably bust a two before across somebody's leg. Right. But, um, you know, he's not, you know, busting a, you know... A, a, a city bus yeah. over Spider-Man's back. Right. Right. That's, that's exactly what I'm getting. <laughs> right. Um, and so, you know, a lot of people, that, that, that fantasy, that power fantasy really mm-hmm. jives because it's like the everyman story. No, when I first started... Uh, working out and losing weight, like they tell you to have a vision of mm-hmm. a, like a person you want to look like or what have you. My unattainable goal is to look like Eddie Brock is Venom. I mean, yeah. he's just massive. He's a, he's a mountain of like pure muscle just to look at him. And that's not even like getting into what he's able to do. Right. Like if, if the rocks set on Dave Batista's shoulders and then just got spray painted with, uh, with latex. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, then you'd have a, a general idea of what you're looking at. But again, like that's the only humanoid creature that I've looked at and been like, I want to look like that one day. Oh yeah. But uh, another the the biggest thing about Venom for me 
is that at its core, if you pick it apart, it's the primal, it's the primal side of our own human duality. Mm-hmm. Uh, because like on the inside, Eddie Brock, Flash Thompson, they all have their issues with, uh, with Peter Parker, right. but they hold that in to an extent. I mean, there, there've been scuffles and whatnot, uh, but Venom externalizes that and it's a release of that, that social binding, mm-hmm. uh, just manifested in a comic book, so to say. But that, and those are, those are the cases that I really like to pick apart. Like when Venom first hits the scene, he's he's just a villain. Right. He's he's just bad. He's tearing things apart. He's killing people, fighting their heads off. But then you also, as stories progress, see him team up with not just his nemesis uh, adversary, however you want to put it, but like other heroes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Again, it's generally as a means to his own end, because he, for whatever reason, can't do this particular act alone. Right. Um. He needs something from each of them or whatever. Uh, and I just really like watching that character evolve. The reason I, I uh, poked fun at, at the Red Cape earlier was because in a crossover, and this is something that I take great pride in, like rooting for my favorite sports team, <laughs> in a crossover, not a big Superman fan, Venom has taken uh, Soups out. He has fought Soups and won. Yeah. Which is even more impressive because Venom Venom's... Abilities and and the powers that he comes from and stuff don't hold any necessary like weaknesses against or like don't hold any of Superman's weaknesses. Right. Yeah. So he just beat the crap out of Soups on on like purely being on a higher level, in my opinion. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. And I you know and even even though there's 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 a lot of weird power scalings in some of these crossovers. Sure. sure. I, honestly, I think anytime. Superman takes the L. I I think that's good writing. <laughs> oh, absolutely! I'm here for it. The dude has got a list of powers and abilities a mile long, mm-hmm. and he's just he is for a lot of people the benchmark for what a superhero is supposed to be. And just to see the the man in black just lay him down, it, I I get giddy like a schoolgirl. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, um, you know, there's in. I don't know if you're familiar with um, like Injustice or any yeah, of that, that storyline. So it's it's one of it, and honestly, Superman becoming evil sort of become like uh, a bad party line at this point. It's been done right. a, a few dozen times now. Right, because what happens if the most powerful creature on Earth or whatever just goes rogue? Right, Batman tells you, "I told you so," and then you know we takes get care of business. Right. right, spits kryptonite in his face and so on and so forth. You know, there's even though he he bought he, he goes straight past antihero and goes straight basically to villain. Mm-hmm. Like for someone as powerful as Superman, the I feel like it still touches on the same thing that it the same emotions that a lot of antiheroes are fueled by. Right. Because Superman has no parallel on our planet for the most part in his in his universe. Sure. And closest <clears throat> closest thing to Superman on Earth is Doctor Fate or Green Lantern. Right. You know, I mean, Wonder Woman can give him a, a you know a good smack across you know a lake, but right. um, typically he wins out. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, there's there's practically nothing he can't stop by taking over the entire world essentially, and in instituting this Iron Law. I mean, he does stop uh, thousands of murders 
every day. Mm. He stops so much. He stops so much crime by in so much hurt just by killing Lex Luthor. You know, there's a lot of stuff that he stops by going full evil, and and I think that that bit, the, the desire to, the such a strong desire to make a difference and and improve people's lives that you're willing to kind of cross right. traditionally heroic lines. I feel like that's really what drives a lot of the anti, you know, sort of anti-heroes. Right. And it's what makes them such interesting and complex characters is that um, they're, they're, they're kind of becoming a little bit of what they hate mm-hmm. uh, sometimes to to take care of the problem, so right. to speak. And that's, I'm sorry to end go, go, no, no. And again, I'm a Venom fanboy, so I'm going to keep coming back to this. But that's another thing that I, I really appreciate about that character in specific because there are moments of clarity i'd say mm-hmm. where the symbiote isn't holding on as tight or whatever right or they're not quite as amped up where the human host uh is able to battle itself back to the surface uh in the moment and, and be like this feels wrong mm-hmm. i don't like that i'm doing this but i don't have control over it type of thing and i mean and we've seen in a couple instances where the host will separate from the symbiote for one reason or another right uh, and feel a sense of relief, but then also almost just as quickly they need it back. Like they they become so dependent on the symbiote that they could die without it. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is again uh, a interesting parallel to very human conditions such as addiction and codependency. Um, right. And uh, again, that's just something I, I really like to dig into because it's very human elements. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like that that's a good. I don't know. It's helped me personally explore some things about myself just at its very base level you know you there's times when you in in younger years where I would just let go and not worry about the consequences of this action or that action and I'm not gonna lie to you I in the moment had some fun Uh, I mean not on the scale of you know like jumping leaping across buildings and crawling up walls like I didn't take it that direction but opportunities missed man right just just living in that moment and then eventually, like, something, that, that moment of clarity comes, and you're just like, ooh, whoops, let's, uh, let's see how we can come back from that. Right, correct, time for a course correction. Sure. Yeah, like, there's, and, and I think that, you know, people are like, oh, comic books shouldn't be you know, political or social statements or, or, or whatever, but comic, like, the best comics have always been um, a commentary on something. Absolutely. Not, maybe not necessarily politics, but like, but you know, the state psychology. The world, yeah, the right. state of the world, psychology of people. Mm-hmm. If if you're, I mean, there and there, there's a place for comics that are just mindless fun. Sure. Uh, but um, yeah, I think the real masterpieces are the ones that that, that make you think and mm-hmm. get your get your ears cranking. Sure. And you know the the paragons don't often do that for me. Right. So and, and there's there's actually there's so there's a, there's a hero. Uh, quote unquote, that most people will never you'll never find on anybody's list of heroes, um, <clears throat> simply because they forget about him, mm-hmm. um, and that's John Constantine. Mm-hmm. And he, in my mind, is possibly one of the most relatable um, comic book characters, um, in the sense that um, he's basically just a dude uh, who knows a little too much mm-hmm. uh, and has a real bad drinking problem, <laughs> which tends to loosen the lips a bit. Yeah. If, if, if you're a fan of the of the Dresden Files at all, um, you'll feel right at home in a John Constantine comic. Um, those two wizards are very similar 
uh, to each other. They're very um, kind of got that private eye thing going on, and um, but at the same time, they're 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 their shit's not all together, so they're not really very good at it. Right. But um, you know, Constantine has um, various uh, journeys of kicking this issue of being self-obsessed or not self-obsessed, but like very self-centered in, in some of his iterations, at least in the beginning, you know, early days, maybe a lot of what he does is basically for himself. Mm. You know, he, he may be doing quote unquote good things, but, but he's doing it for himself, which is absolutely, it just, in my opinion, off the cuff makes you an anti-hero because like those, they, they start out, at least, of their own selfish drives. Absolutely. Uh, but then, like like we said, do some good along the way. Yeah, and, you know, and I think that, um, I think that having a set of skills that you can, and then applying those skills for your own good, and then the good that, the good that comes of it for other people. Right, as a side effect. It's just a side effect. Right. I feel like that's, that's all, that's pretty relatable, mm-hmm. um, because... The, the desire to to further yourself is such a universal thing. It's kind of part of what keeps us going, if we're being honest with ourselves. Right. And, you know, there's the idea of altruism, which is just, you know, it's a completely selfless act. From what I understand, talking to, to, to a, a few different um, people in the world of psychology, there's very little true altruism. Mm-hmm. Um, in the world, like we may, um, we may do a good thing and not get anything out of it, mm-hmm. or even knowing we're not going to get anything out of it. But we still kind of did it for ourselves in a way. But we still, yeah, like we still get that that good pat on the back feeling of mm-hmm. I did a good thing, or even just the the issue you helped to solve is no longer giving you anxiety. Sure. Like <clears throat> there's there's very little that's actually done solely for somebody else, mm-hmm. and. And I think antiheroes are like the sort of the, the epitome of that. Sure. Another antihero that I kind of want to throw out is the Hulk. Okay. And even though I wouldn't call him a true, he's, of, he's not necessarily a hero. No, so you can't really put him in that camp. Yeah, he's the Hulk. Kind of, kind of has his own sort of orbit going on. Mm-hmm. Like on one hand, like he's on one hand, he's just a big rage monster. Right. But. The multiple personalities that make up the Hulk, including Banner, mm-hmm. you know, most of them, uh, you know, apply themselves to to various good deeds. Yes, cities get you know leveled in the process. That's people the die, right? But you know what? Abomination got his ass whooped, and that's what matters. <laughs> what we, this is why we do it, guys. <laughs> Somebody will pay for the collateral damage, but it won't be the Hulk. That's right. The only green he's got is on his skin. That's right. You know, he's. Uh, he touches the the desire, I think, to just mindlessly let go and punch your problems. Mm-hmm. But if have you, I don't, I don't know if you've read any of the Immortal Hulk. No, I, I've not read any, but I have dabbled and picked up on some like headlines here and there. So it 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 was a really everything about the Immortal Hulk was fantastic. I loved it, mm-hmm. but it really um, touched a lot on a, several. Of, of the Hulk personalities and, and the interactions between them and Banner. And so you, you really got to, like, it felt less ragey and, and much more, like, thought out. Very good. And mm-hmm. uh, so I'm not going to call him a true anti-hero, mm-hmm. but, um, 
I just want to give my big green man a nod. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Well, um, you got to. Uh, to touch back on, on a newer storyline, maybe not quite as new. I'm not sure when Immortal Hulk capped off. Uh, I want to say it was last year. Okay, so maybe about the same time then. Uh, the the King in Black. Did you? Ah, uh, yes, I am. I am familiar with the King in Black. I didn't. It's I didn't. Next level. That was impressive. Like that was that was a wild ride, and I didn't even read it. I just hit the cliff notes. But something that I really appreciated, and it may have been a cop out of sorts, uh, but I know, like, say at one point, uh, Eddie's son Dylan. Takes right. on the suit for a little while, but at the end of King and Black, um, after you know the big thing happens, uh, the battle that we've been waiting for, um, humanity is basically just fucking wiped. But the cool thing that I thought it was really like okay, they finally gave my man some love, was that uh, Venom, through being on Earth for as long as he had been and and all his adventures and whatnot, had basically become a codex of human life and he was able to like recreate humanity uh i think he had to sacrifice himself i'm a little fuzzy on those details but he he was just literally a vial of human dna basically to make it sound filthy Uh, (laughs) and he he just recreated the human race and and repopulated the world which was like you know that was they they finally gave him let's see superman do that right no, we can, he could take him down, but I don't see him, you know, repopulating. But yeah, I just thought that was... Venom is cool because Venom is cool to me, but to give him something so large, like mm-hmm. a character who started out as just a problem for Spider-Man, and then uh, he became Agent Venom for a little while, Yep, uh, that was kind of a cool take. Uh, and then to, at the end of his penultimate, you know story arc literally saved you could argue billions right uh and and even gave new life to a place that some would argue that he wanted to destroy yeah i just really appreciated that for my guy yeah and that's and that and 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 you you mentioned you know how he just kind of started out as a problem for spider-man same thing sort of with uh harley quinn and poison ivy Mm -hmm. You know, the Harley Quinn started out literally as just the Joker's girlfriend right. in the animated series. Right. Like, wasn't a comic original, just um, was just sort of this one-off character because Joker needed a love interest. Mm-hmm. And first, I mean, she she's gone through a long evolution and was was an icon even before you could ever even begin to call her any, something even resembling heroic. Same thing with Poison Ivy. Um, you know, Poison Ivy. Um, was just sort of um, not even. I, I I don't want to call her B tier, but mm-hmm. but you know she wasn't exactly like a top tier threat. Right. But she's gone from being from being that to like being a cultural icon alongside Harley, and now they're like like they're honestly like you can sometimes count them amongst the 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 Bat family allies. Sure. And um and not to detract, but but uh. I mean, the animated series was, what, mid-90s, early 90s when that started? Yeah. Okay, so that was a time in in time where the main driver of selling something was to sexualize it. Oh, yeah. Like, so I find, I find it even more impressive that those are basically their origins, both Harley and more so, in my opinion, uh, Ivy, because that was her whole thing. When I right. first remember Ivy coming along was the pheromones and getting people to do what she wanted them to do. Right. I mean, 
I mean, she was. I mean, she was clearly intended to be very attractive, right? Um, and definitely had sort of this like chemical seductress thing going on, right? And to see those characters become, like you said, uh, allies too in some circles, like a huge bat bat signal of like heroism, right? I just really, I really love that character development because I've watched it since I was five. Yeah, same and. You know, there's 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 a lot of, of talk um, back and forth about you know um, female heroes uh, or characters in general, you know, not getting um, a fair shake, so sure. to speak. Right. It's annoying. Right, and it's it's nice to see them at least in some iterations really get to come into their own, mm. be their own thing, and they did that without making anything ludicrously different about them. Right. Just strictly through human character development, like the yeah. whole Harley breaking away from Joker and whatnot. Yeah, like it's um, it it it's it's been a very long process, but mm. I but worthwhile. in the end, a worthwhile and well done process. Mm-hmm. And I would I would really like to see more. Oh, same thing with Catwoman, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she kind of towed the line anyway. I feel like I mean maybe not in the '60s when she was introduced, but. Yeah, I mean, not 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 back, not way back when, right. but but she's she has been a frenemy at the very least right. um, for for quite some time. But and and the thing which okay, so Harley Harley's motivations weren't really all that three dimensional uh, sure. for a long time. You know, since then she's kind of become this uh, the poster child for 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 liberation, especially from like you know, shitty relationships. Right. But, um, you know, the, and her backstory has been expanded, you know, the things that Joker did to, to drive her nuts, mm-hmm. um, and, and stuff like that. It makes sense. It's not super relatable, but it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Poison Ivy, I mean, like OG, like OG eco terrorist, uh, in my mind, like wants to save the planet. I get that. I feel that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I wish I could just unleash killer plants on all the the you know the, the dirty humans, dirty humans myself. Right. You know it's. Uh, it, by the way, if anybody's got any plant serum, um, <laughs> uh, I'm down. Uh, <laughs> test subject number one. Oh. I just get the corpse plant. I just walk around smelling like a dead body all the time. And people would definitely stay away from you. You know that might be helpful. I just feed to the introvert side of things. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you know, she just wants to, she wants to save the planet. They get that, um, cat woman just wants to steal shiny things and be rich, be rich. Can we blame her? I, no. You I know mean, what? Honestly, why are we, why are we sitting here, man? There's, no, right. there's crime to do. No, if you're, if, if you're of the ability to, I'm not condoning theft. No, nah, shame, on, shame on you. The uh, anti-heroes will come. <laughs> but, but, uh, to, because Catwoman tends to take from things much larger than one person. I mean, it's not like it's it's a it's generally a, a company or a large museum that's making tons of money off of something that they probably don't even own or that should be used for a greater good. Right. And they just hold it to to keep anyone else from having it. Right. And she's like, yeah, this will pay a few bills. Yeah, and just generally struts out um, with it, and oh my god, where'd my stuff go? I don't know. Yeah, I mean she she's a cat burglar, not a not a not a purse thief. Sure, right. 
I uh, and that's 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 a very good point. She not exactly a Robin Hood, no, but no, no, she's no. definitely robbing the rich. Right. Um, and let's be real, guys. We're we're people out here. Even the the goldenest of you boys or girls girls, given the opportunity, if you knew it wouldn't harm someone, you would at least think about it. Oh yeah. There's 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 a lot of folks out there um, who get very angry at one corporation or another, and you'll start to see um, whole threads pop up about shoplifting, living crap out of some particular company and um, breaking down like security policies and stuff. And I'm just like, y'all going to, y'all going to go to jail. As someone who has lived a very short life of uh, petty crime in my past, um, it's all great. It's good. Um, And and you do get a thrill out of it. That's the, uh, the scary part of it until you get caught. And for this guy, it took one slap on the wrist, and I was done. Um, I still have PTSD when I hear the the alarms go off. Oh yeah. And I uh, yeah, I don't do that anymore. But yeah, it, it that and that's that is the scary part too, though, because especially I mean people like us, just your normal folks doing a nine to five, uh, trying to find time for the things we enjoy in the middle. It, it anything that gives you that weird little thing in your brain where it's like, ooh, this is fun, mm-hmm. and nobody got hurt. Uh, it's very easy to get caught up in that, I'll say. Yep. And uh, I've never really thought about how many of the characters that I like, I like because they touch really specific tendencies in me. Mm -hmm. Like, I have, like, like I enjoy collecting things. It's -hmm. it's not a compulsion, but, Mm -hmm. you know, I see a, uh, you know, I see a stack of shiny cards and I'm like, hmm, be real cool if I had them all. Right. Gotta gotta catch them all. Thanks, uh, Pokemon. Yeah, um, but uh, you know it's um, like I said, it's, it's not it's not compulsive yet, but um, like I get it. Like I get the the desire to um, to 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 have things, and I'll be I'll be real honest when I sit down and play. Um, if you've ever played Thief, um, it's 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 a long running stealth uh, series. That uh, like you, you sneak around and you you you're basically Catwoman but a dude. You know I um, not gonna lie like Robin uh, Robin the rich dude's jewels out from under his nose. Feels that pretty good. gets gets the blood going. Yeah. So because he was probably a dick anyway. I'm sure he was. <laughs> That's enough for most people I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, not that all rich people are dicks. No. Surely there's. Some, some some that are, you know, statistically there have to be some decent people. But just know, if you act entitled, somebody's going to get you someday. Yeah, I mean, you know who you are. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't, don't be that way. I know broke-ass people who act entitled, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those are even more confusing. Yep. Mm-hmm. See them all the time at Walmart. Mm-hmm. I always just sort of thought that, I mean, I'm... So if, if you're familiar at all with D&D, you're familiar with the alignment system, and you, you've heard the term lawful. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm the opposite of lawful. Um, I'm chaotic as as fuck. There is you're chaotic good though. I I'm chaotic bald. Chaotic. Uh, there's well, a difference. I can't take that away from you. <laughs> you got hair on parts of your face. Ah, uh, that's true. Mostly the bottom part. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I I don't I don't resonate at all with the lawful characters. Mm-hmm. Um, like Superman. Mm, right. Um, I'm just we just don't jive. 
And I always just kind of thought that that was why I liked a lot of the characters that I did, just because they were more chaotic and they were right. they were a little bit edgy. They were people. They were, I mean, yeah. when you really break it down, they were they, people. Yeah, and and I've only relatively recently come to realize, and actually to some degree just sitting here right now, that um, that I like them because they're they're me, or at least bits of me. Right. And, um, you know, that's that's cool character growth here, Billy. Good job. Right. Pat, pat myself on the back. I mean, comic books are the... Good pat. Thanks. Comic books are the uh, the Greek gods in ways, like the Greek legends of our time. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but because they're of our time, they, they have human elements. I mean, they were made by humans, for starters. Mm-hmm. Um, but... To, to have your quote unquote gods be so relatable to you, I think, is the really impressive part. Because as much as you and I may hate it, humans are tribal mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. So you, you're seeing those elements of yourself and then being like, okay, I'm not a psychopath necessarily. Uh, I'm not weird or strange or out of the ordinary. There are other people like me out there who feel the things I do, go through the things I go through, and we get that more so in an anti-hero. I mean, you'll see it, the brighter sides of it anyway, in your in your poster boys. Like, uh, I'm a big fan of, I've said it before, but I'm a big fan of Green Lantern, and the whole, the part that I love about Green Lantern is that willpower is what fuels the things that they create. Right. So, but but more so, I don't live there. I live in the realm of like, I gotta go make this buck today. How can I make it fun? <laughs> and that's right. Where's 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 the color spectrum for um, for begrudgingly getting out of bed? Uh, right. Um, yeah. No. Those are if if that's your everyday life, then you you're gonna wind up a villain. <laughs> it just is. Yeah. I mean, it's probably probably on the evil spectrum. Speaking of uh, speaking of villains and and sort of tied into the subject. Um, another character that I really come back to from comic book style media uh, is actually the the Joker played by Heath Ledger. Okay. Um, yeah. Not that I mean it was it, it's terribly sad like how how he met his end shortly after playing that character. Yeah. But I feel like that is the most relatable. I'm gonna go ahead and say the most relatable villain that we've experienced in across. You know, I mean maybe comic books or, or just the the cinematic universes in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some truth to he just wanted to watch the world burn. Right. But when you really look at it, he wasn't entirely wrong. No. Um, I mean, well, I mean, that's, it's just like, uh, it's kind of like Stain. Stain was out there, like, killing heroes, mm-hmm. but he had some good points about, you know, a few things. Right. And, you know, I don't, did, did you watch the, the Joaquin Phoenix Joker? I did, actually, I did. That was, that was a good, that was a really good movie. It was. I, you know, I, I don't get Joker, Joker vibes right. from it. Like, it was a fantastic movie. I'm not even mad that it's got the name, but as far as being him, like, that being the Joker, right. like, I, like, I know it's supposed to be, mm-hmm. and I know it's, like, same, like, same world, even though it doesn't tie in right. anywhere. It's not, like, canon to the D- mm-hmm. to the DC Extended Universe. But I liked it. Um, the thing about the Heath Ledger Joker, for me, was just that he had this really low opinion of people. 
mm-hmm. that when you know given like when when you pit them versus the other mm-hmm. um watch how people act yeah watch how people act and they're always going to pick themselves sure and you know it's hard not to think that way right. uh, being realistic like right. like i feel that um, As someone who experiences trust issues on almost a daily basis, I 100%, yeah, I, I vibe with that. Yeah. Like, one of the big things that, like, you know, successful dictators do mm-hmm. is they create this false um, us versus them scenario. Right. They they other the um, competition, essentially. Sure. And uh, um, turn their supporters... Um, into soldiers of sorts. So yeah, they, they make them fearful of the other people. And that was illustrated on the nose, but also beautifully in the scene near the end where you have the ferry full of regular people. And then the, the one full of convicts. Right. And, um, the, the regular people are just like, they're convicts. They're not gonna, like, they're not gonna think twice. Right. They're not having this conversation about should we or should we not. Right. And it's so easy to, to, to otherize, especially the types of people that were on the boat, I guess. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I'm sure they span different, you know, different tax brackets, for lack of better terminology. Right. Um, but they all just made the automatic assumption that because those people are dirty and convicts and they've mm-hmm. made mistakes in their life, that they would automatically just, they would automatically just press the button. Because right. they're mindless killers and, and thieves and all this stuff and would just do it at the moment's notice. And that speaks a lot to, again, us as a human race, mm-hmm. I think. Which is it kind of disappointing to think about, but... Yeah. Um, I mean, humanity is in many ways not in a great spot. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but then he did some, some wild stuff, like he was he was targeting someone, but he just blew up a hospital, and that was probably not cool. No, that was bad. But... I mean, they're <laughs> not saying he was right. I'm just saying he had some points. Right, and that's that, and that was really that was really what was so cool about Heath Ledger's Joker is Heath Ledger Heath Ledger's Joker was the first Joker that was relatable at all. Yeah, like yeah, every Joker prior to that is just crazy for the sake of being crazy. Right, and he was crazy with a point. Right, and I would say even argue that the Joaquin uh, Joker would be a very easy ramp up into yeah sorry the previous um yeah we're not going to talk about the tattoo face joker that was whole i just let me just touch on it though while we're on the subject okay the whole the suicide squad joker and they did that he who shall not be named oh man and then they did that and then everybody was like being edgy and cool and they're like i want to love like harley and joker i'm like no you do not you imbecile have you watched the movie have you done any of the research did you skip the part where he electrocuted her right apparently yes i think you did that's not love folks what about the vata chemicals <laughs> again not love um that's well, the part where he was whoring her out I actually made it. No, no, I, I do remember that part. Um, I mean, she seemed okay with it, but still. Right. No, like, that's that's not the kind of, in my opinion, uh, the kind of relationships that you want to embody on any level, even if it's not real. Like, yeah. That was meant to advertise to you that this is not okay. Um, but then you see, like, you'll still see people. You know, maybe it's not a, a coercion to not, but more of an illustration of, the fact that people will still. Maybe. I think to some degree the thing that makes people quote-unquote want what Harley and Joker have is they they want that 
they want the obsession and the fascination. Right. Harley and Joker are very much um, like literally, literally crazy about each other. Yes. And not just in the fact that you want to spend all your time together, but that you will do literally anything, anything to get back to that person. Right. Uh, which isn't healthy. No. Uh, but I, I, and I do think though that that's what a lot of people are latching on to about it. They think that's what they want. But yeah, they, that's uh, not. That's not. Yeah. Yeah. That's even even if it like on the surface level is what they want. It's not. It's not good for them, and it's if they don't have that, it will. They will be better for it. Absolutely. Um. And some people it takes getting a taste of it. I think. Yeah. But then some people just get so wrapped up in it. Yeah. That that's all they know. They think that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah, and psychology's fun. Psychology is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife is a psychology major. <laughs> you know, sometimes she'll she'll say something and it just hits like real profound. I'm like, Oof. never thought about that. Holy right. crap! All right, well, time to pick apart all my previous Neat. interactions with people <laughs> because that's what I do. I'm not a psych major. I just like to people watch and then try to understand why they are the way they are. Yeah, which is insanity of its own type, I think. Right. Because people will just people. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I, I'm not as much of a people watcher. Um, I actually avoided psychology as a subject, like the plague. I took U.S. government um, mm-hmm. as a social science elective to avoid taking psychology. Interestingly enough. Uh, yeah. It's still the same thing. <clears throat> um, yeah, just on a much more broader yeah. scale. Right. Um, <laughs> um, I didn't realize that at the time. That at the time but you anyway. Never do. You no. never do. Um, that's how they like it yeah mm-hmm. um but but yeah psychology is real neat and um I, I still don't think i want to study it but it is it is a fun topic mm-hmm. it's really fun too and it, maybe that's part of why i'm so obsessed with with the certain characters that i'm obsessed with is to make them more human mm. uh and, and to apply those human traits to them because it again makes them more relatable and then you can see on on a less grand scale, why other people do what they do. Right. Uh, because I believe understanding the enemy is the first step to <laughs> uh, beating them. Sun, Sun Tzu said, know your enemy and know yourself, mm-hmm. and victory will never be in doubt. Mm-hmm. Old Chinese guys said it's got to be true, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I trust a fortune cookie more than I trust most people. So. I mean, fortune cookie can't decide to lie to you. Entirely true. The... Uh, I 100% agree with you. It's and I, and I and I think that some of it is done on purpose. Like they they take these very human traits and exaggerate them sure. to immense proportions just right. to to make their illustration. Right. Um. But some of it I, I also think is whether it's writer self insert or you know osmosis. Sure. I think some of it is accidental and kind of takes on a, a life of its own. Sure. I mean, Venom was introduced in, here I go again, 1984, <laughs> I think, uh, when the suit eventually, like, finally latched onto Spider-Man. Nerd! Right? Uh, it's bad. <laughs> um, but it's... I love you for it. I love you for it. But but that's, again, that's like, in essence, kind of what our whole show is about, is, is taking the thing that we love and then the way it gets woven into maybe not everything around us, but a lot of things around us. Just like, I mean, the roots or branches of a tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, so much of this stuff overlaps, and, and it's our, our interest in a one thing that can drive us 
into having the same amount of interest or thirst for knowledge into other things. And that's why I think, like, being a nerd or what have you here at Geek Priscilla uh, is so... It, it, it just makes you arguably, or, or it's a contributor to making you a better person. Because the, those same interests that drive you towards whatever you love, be it a book character or a show or coin collecting or what have you, that thirst for knowledge is what grows us as people. Yeah. Uh, because it's doubtful that any of us will know, ever know everything about everything. But as a collective... <laughs> hurts just thinking about it. As a collective... The little bits and pieces of knowledge that we pick up in our own separate lives, day to day, or what have you, creates this mass of knowledge. And some of it may mean nothing in the grand scheme, but it can still advance our own things in the process. And I just, I I love that. I love that that's a show that we're creating right now. Absolutely. Yeah. I've had an absolute blast. Um... Largely, this these will be released chronologically. Um, yeah, this is the third one that we're recording, mm-hmm. and I, as soon as we're done recording, I'm looking forward to the next one. Absolutely, like as soon as like as soon as the last episode was done, it was probably before I even went to bed that night that I was like, "This is I think this is going to be our next one." Yeah, no, you you hit me up, you, you hit me up, and you were like, "Hey, Billy." Mm-hmm. listen <laughs> right and uh, i feel like we still didn't get we we could have kept going uh it's been a weird week at my house uh newborn sleeping's weird lots of like even though i'm not doing the nine to five thing at the moment i'm still insanely busy doing other like side projects and stuff oh yeah uh, but this is something i've been looking forward to like like you said the moment we shut the mics off last time so uh yeah no no and that's I never thought of myself as being a, a podcaster, or I used to be horrified at the idea of winding up on a talk show as a kid. <laughs> oh, so yeah. This is kind of funny how it comes full circle. I um, I always, so, like, being a 90s kid, I got to see uh, the evolution of the internet into what it is now. Right. Um, and I used to think that people who were on the radio were, like, like, like I knew they weren't celebrity celebrities, but I was just like, yeah, it'd be cool to be on the radio someday. It'd be cool to be, you know, like on TV someday or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, now we just have the ability to make our own radio stations, right. uh, basically, uh, just because we want to. And it's it's so cool to be able to, instead of setting, like, instead of doing, talking to a rando or whatever, being, being able to sit down and just make a fun show with my best friend. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um, it's crazy, and it's it, it, what a time to be alive. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so I, w- I was going to say, uh, if you've been listening this far, congratulations. Um, you've got a very eclectic set of interests. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we're working on, we're, we're actually going to work on uh, a Halloween week, I think. Yes. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully, we also uh, have our first video episode to go along with this audio. So, uh, if you're a Halloween nerd, if you get into the dressing up and, you know, horror stories or beasties and monsters and stuff like that, uh, be ready. Absolutely. Um, we're, we're not dropping names just yet. Right. Um, just to, just to kind of keep the mystery, but, um, expect cryptids. Absolutely. We'll, uh, there'll be, it'll be a, a series of shorter episodes. Sure. Um, 
uh, about twenty ish minutes, give or take. Because we've got a few, we've got a few that we wanted to cover, and I think, uh, you know, Halloween, you got your own stuff going on if you're into this kind of thing, anyway. So, oh yeah, you maybe don't have an hour to sit <laughs> while you're picking out your uh, your bunny ears or, or what have you for your costume, but still, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, anyway, this will be if everything works out right. These episodes will drop the week of Halloween. I think it's what we shot uh, for. Yeah, something like that. The, the Halloween episode. Uh, oh yes, yes, yes. Right. Um, I think we're going. I think if I remember the plan correctly, we were going to start basically, basically like a seven days of Halloween sort of thing, like sure. like lead up to start the week before and lead up to to the big day. Right. Um. So uh, I'm excited about it. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, it's and going we'll be able to see if we can handle uh, expansive recordings and, and dropping episodes daily yeah this will committed. be this will be our first uh, our first real challenge as uh as as podcasters yeah um so keep watching i'm sorry listening keep listening mm. um stay tuned um we we really hope to see you there and i'm just gonna go ahead and say it uh because i don't have all of the ones picked out for on my side of things but if you have uh a cryptid that you think is lesser known that you would like to hear us talk about, uh, go ahead and, and shoot us a message or drop it in some comments or something like that. Right yeah, um, there this this episode should be live um, prior to that week, mm-hmm. so um, so definitely hit us up. Uh, there should still be time. Yep, should be. But if not, sorry, you got left behind, and we'll catch you on the next one. Sorry to say, there's uh, there's always Halloween next year. Yeah, actually, I there's there's only only two holidays in the calendar year. Absolutely. Uh, there, there's, there's Christmas Eve and Christmas, which I roll into one sure. essential holiday. Right. And then everything else is just Halloween. There's, sure. there's New Halloween, mm-hmm. Pastel Halloween, mm-hmm. Freedom Halloween, right. Turkey Halloween. Turkey Halloween. I am, I'm gonna say I am looking forward to Turkey. Halloween. Yeah. Um, and then Halloween proper, which sure. is um the big one. Right. Uh, <laughs> you even get a little sprinkle of Halloween on your Christmas thanks to uh Tim Burton. That's right. Yeah. Um, so there will definitely be more time for, uh, for cryptids. So, um, hit us up, let us know if we don't use it this year, um, there'll be another time. Yeah. And you can't tell us when we can tell scary stories so we could just do it, you know, that's true. Tuesday, February the 3rd or some shit. Yeah. It's like we're our own people yeah. uh, and like we're in charge of, of this kind of a cool feeling. Yeah. yeah. High five. Yeah. Go us. Woo! All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace.